Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids, you know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I thought that the identities were being formed. Mm. Offensively, we can run the football on anybody. Right. And the run sets up everything else. Defensively, it don't matter what kind of style of offense you like to play. We can stop the run. A game against Baltimore undid all of that in my mind. Not to the extent where I think that that can't be their identity one day or that that's the identity they're working towards on those sides of the ball. And I think that they've achieved that identity against the right kind of opponent. It can run, you can now run on weak run defenses. <laughs> even last year, you couldn't even run on those run defenses. So that's encouraging. And, you know, the run offenses that aren't exactly world beaters, you have a chance to stop and with the Colts or the Falcons, you showed that you didn't necessarily stop them on the ground completely, but you limited them for sure and made it so that they didn't just ground and pound you into the dirt. But with this Ravens game, the entire plan of attack from Baltimore was clearly uh, via the ground, and they torched the Steelers, particularly Dobbins and Edwards. Uh, 15 carries for 120 yards for J.K. Dobbins, 13 carries for 66 yards for Gus Bus, 215 total yards of rushing offense for the Ravens, 65 total rushing yards for the Steelers offense. They got grounded and pounded in this football game, and I think that what really stuck out as as annoying was the the weighty downs where they would just run it and, and especially yeah, I mean, at the end of that game at the end of the game third need down to stop, and three the 2 minute warning would stop the clock when they had to punt it back to you you had 2 minutes to play with to get uh the ball into field goal range at that point 16 to 14 you coming off of that touchdown pass to the Muth, to Muth, and you just let him go for five yards. Just rips right through you. Easy does it. Ball game over. Three straight kneels, and Anthony Brown and the Ravens get out of there with a win. It, it was incredibly hard to watch a team not only be able to stop the, not only not able to stop the run throughout the game, but then once it gets towards the end, and everybody on their couch, from Monongahela to New Brighton, knows they're gonna run the football. And you still couldn't stop it. 
that's what you want the Steelers to be like, right? Line up best on best and say, yeah, you're going to run it down your throat and you can't stop it. I mean, guards were putting linemen backwards for the Ravens. Anytime a guard would meet a Jack or a Bush in the hole, it was right on their keister. I mean, it was hard to watch the Ravens' offensive line move the Steelers' defense at will throughout that entire game, and especially so on that last run that got the first down to ice it. Right. I mean, you know they're going to run the ball. I mean, you almost even want to, at that point, like stack the box with nine, ten guys and just be like, dude, throw it one-on-one with Anthony Brown. We dare you. And for the Ravens to get that first down and to have it be as easy as it was, right? Like it wasn't it, even it, it just it's not even like there was a pile up and it was like right. pushing bodies to try to just get it over by an inch. He got it by like four or five I yards. I mean, he, the first gap he went to was wide open. And that was happening all day long. Gap control was not there. I mean, mm-hmm. the big 44-yard run from J.K. Dobbins, he was untouched and he right. went right up the middle. Right up the middle. Inexcusable yeah. from the Steelers defensive line there and the Steelers defense in general and you know, the three interceptions from Minch that we talked about in the first episode, of course that doesn't help, but I think their inability to stop the run and their inability to get off the field on weighty downs is where I place most of the blame for this loss because that's the highest-paid defense in football, and Mitch Trubisky is now your backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you think that one deserves more blame than the other or one's asking for more blame just based on their status on the team? I do. Oh, without, without a question, Tom. It's... I, I can't use the the quote that you like to use the from Beer Fest the the frustrating frustrating thing because it's not right for me to quote something when I've never seen it but that's how you should probably describe how you felt after this game because it was pretty clear even with I mean forget Anthony Brown Tom with Tyler Huntley a quarterback you you had no excuse to expect them to pass the ball efficiently right Mark Andrews wasn't getting involved. No receivers were really getting involved. It was just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And the fact that, too, J.K. Dobbins, it was his first game in, what, nearly 10 weeks, and he ran the ball like he hadn't missed any time whatsoever. He looked like the J.K. Dobbins that they've been waiting for him to be. I mean, he can't be that. He, he just, just can't He's had healthy. injuries. He had an injury last season. He had an injury this season. It's just the way that it's sometimes the cards are dealt in the NFL or in professional sports. If you're the Ravens, how pleased are you of that performance Absolutely. from him? Because now when Lamar comes back, maybe I don't have to rely on him running the ball mm-hmm. as much, right? Yeah, maybe it can be a three-person offense between Which is what it was always supposed Lamar, to be. Lamar, yeah. Dobbins, and Edwards rather than just really Lamar, Lamar running when the he ball. Can, when he yeah. can occasionally get it to Edwards. Because I think, well, first of all, Gus Bus always kills the Steelers. I, I don't know what it is about him, but 13, another 13 carries for 66 yards in this one and relief of J.K. Dobbins, pretty much split the carries, 15 for Dobbins, 13 for Edwards. I think he's way better as that third fiddle, like you're saying. Like, Edwards wasn't really great this year when he had to be number two behind Lamar, being the number one. Okay. When he's that third option, Lamar first, it worked. or mm-hmm. it should be Dobbins first, honestly, then Lamar, and then, and then Lamar, Edwards. Yeah. I think Edwards is as is most effective in that role. So, you know, putting on our Ravens hat, ugh, I hate doing that, but wearing our purple and gold, I'm very encouraged with how the rushing offense looked against the team that, you know, you look at the stats, they're top 10 rush defense. So it's not like you're playing a pushover on that. You did push them over, but it's not exactly like you're playing a defense that's been woeful the past couple of weeks and stopping the run. 
And you did it without Lamar Jackson out there, who leads the team in rushing by like 380 yards on the ground. So little encouragement there to see the running game dominate without their leading rusher out there. Yeah, and I'll say this too, Tom. Maybe the Steelers kind of got exposed on their rush defense, right? We knew that they were top six unit coming into this week, but a lot of people were pointing out, people even in Pittsburgh, look at the teams that they were playing against. The Jets can't run the ball. Bill's not great at running the ball. Buccaneers Bills the, don't even want to run the ball. Buccaneers, don't Buccaneers are the, the worst ball. team in the NFL when it comes to running the ball. Uh, the Saints can't run the ball. The Bengals with Joe Mixon weren't running the ball. The Colts opted not to run the ball. With no, Jonathan the Bengals Taylor. just decided to throw it to P. Ryan right. instead of run it. The Colts him. opted, strangely, to not get the ball Even to Jonathan Taylor. Even though Taylor was running well when he did get the ball. The Falcons the ball. opted not to get the ball to Cordero Patterson for a majority of the snaps. Like and the Falcons did get like 140 against them, so maybe we saw this trend yeah, coming a little but bit. This was, I think, the big immovable object versus unstoppable force matchup, and... Now, Tom, after Why didn't you do that in a Heath Ledger Joker voice? The unstoppable force versus the immovable object. I did it? You should have. No, you should have. have. You failed there. Um, Okay. 0 for 2 on references. But you're right. This was the the test. This was the measuring stick. The point I wanted to make, Tom, was coming into this week, they were number 6 in the NFL in terms of run defense. Do you know where they fall now? They're outside the top 10. They're 15. That's what 215 yards will do to you. I mean, that'll inflate an average big time. Uh, and, again, the thing that really just grinds my gears is that everybody knew the Ravens were going to want to run the ball in this game, especially as the game got later and later and they continued to hold on to their lead. They're going to try to run to ice the game out. 42 rushing attempts, mm-hmm. and they only drop back to pass 17 times. Where are the adjustments? Where is the, hey, why the hell weren't you in that gap on J.K. Dobbins' 44-yard run? Fill the gap next time. They're, they were successful from the start of the game, and they only got even more successful as the game wore on running the football. Now, I get people will be like, well, the defense just got worn down, you know. That, that when they pound and pound and run the ball as much as they did, as you get into that later game, late moments of the game, you're, you're going to be really tired out there. And as far as the volume of running that the Ravens did, I get that point, but the possession time was 33 minutes for the Ravens and 27 minutes for the Steelers. It's not like the first game against the Bengals when the Steelers' offense was, or the Steelers' defense was out there for almost 40 minutes mm-hmm. in the game. And it's not like this run by the or the running offense by Baltimore was skewing or or, or changing that possession time possession war so much more in their no, favor. The Steelers were able to hold on to the ball exactly and or possess the ball. It just yeah, they were getting first downs. They weren't mm-hmm. going three and out. When they turned it over, it was because of the the interceptions that Mitch threw. So I, I don't really buy into the defense got worn down excuse. Um, if you're going to say it got worn down because of the sheer volume that the Ravens were running the ball, that kind of has you telling on yourself that you're not you're inferior to that offensive line, right? Like mm-hmm. if you if you want to point to you were out there for 42 minutes of game time as why you wore down. I'm going to partially agree with you on that one because that's a long time to be out there on a football field. When you're only out there for 33, 32 minutes, and they just imposed their will and you wore down because of how strong and physical they were, uh, that's an indictment on that defense. And furthermore, when you are the highest-paid defense in football, you kind of have the excuses of we were worn down. They out worked us they were on the field longer than they were on the field too long we got tired 
those excuses kind of fall by the wayside. I right. mean, you're supposed to be the creme de la creme, literally. I mean, the money speaks that. You got to kind of, if you're going to be paid that much, you don't fade in the fourth quarter. No. That's that's how I feel about it. And that's, you know what's crazy, Tom? That's something that the Ravens do, right? That's something that the Ravens have been the notorious team to go into the fourth quarter with multi or or multi-score leads, right? And they've been struggling to hold on to those leads, but that's not what the case was on Sunday. And it seemed like even though the Steelers had the chance, they made the stops earlier in the fourth quarter when they needed to, but when it came to crunch time, Tom, two minutes or that two-minute warning coming up, they couldn't get that the one stop they really needed all day. And maybe you could say by that point, that late in the game, the defense was worn down. But even so, I think that's kind of making excuses when you're just looking for a cover because you need to make every team needs to have a play where if they're within a, a one score and they need a stop on third down with a two minute warning upcoming or within the two minute warning, they need to have a play where they can just stop whatever is coming that the opposing offense cannot get one, two, or three yards they need to get to the, get that first down and ice the game, and the Steelers were not able to execute. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Another spot that really just has me befuddled is the penultimate drive of the game for the Ravens. Of course, their last drive was the one where they iced it with the first down run and then the three straight kneels. 13 plays, 57 yards, and you get a field goal on the board. Uh, You can't let Anthony Brown drive 13 plays and 67 yards and get a field goal on the board. Uh, you, You just can't. I mean... Yes, they were at the time up 13-7 to when he had that drive, so maybe the pressure's not as immense as if they were down 14-13 to and he had to get them into field goal range to try mm-hmm. to get up by two. But still, he had to feel some pressure there to a field goal pretty much ices this thing uh, and pretty much guarantees us a win, even if the Steelers drive down the field and score a touchdown before the two-minute warning, which... Ended up happening, but in the moment, I'm sure the Ravens thought that there's no chance that offense was going to be capable of doing that. But for him to get that team into field goal range, and it ended up being a chip shot field goal for Justin Tucker. I mean, they ripped through that Steelers right. defense. Uh, a lot of it on the ground. Dobbins, Dobbins, Picard. Uh, then he would complete a pass to Demarcus Robinson. Then he hit it Mark Andrews. Uh, then it was the Dobbins 14-yard run that just got into Pittsburgh territory at the 32, mm-hmm. and it was lights out from that point on. They just ran, 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 ran. I mean, he threw two passes. Excuse me, he threw three passes on that drive. Two of them were completed, and they still just ripped right through you like mm-hmm. like tissue paper. And it comes back down to you knew they were going to run the ball, and whether it was Dobbins or Edwards, you couldn't stop it, and you got gashed by a 14-yarder that really set up Justin Tucker. So... I put a lot of my blame on that run defense. I, I think that that is the main culprit here. And I know that your team only scored 14 points and you only gave up 16 total points. 
you got to give up less than that when you're playing Tyler Huntley and, and then especially Anthony Brown. I mean, this should have been a 10 points or less performance from that Steelers defense. Yes. I, when you consider Tyler Huntley, when you consider Anthony Brown, 100% you have the the potential to really stymie that offense. And the Ravens just, I think, just did a better job executing, right? Because they said, we're not going to throw the ball well with Huntley. We're certainly not going to do it well with Brown at quarterback. So we'll just keep running. And the Steelers, like you said earlier, Tom, where were the adjustments, right? We Everyone knew the Ravens were only going to run the ball with those two guys at quarterback throughout the entire game. And the Steelers were completely unable to stop J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. It, it just, the execution, the, the plan should have been clear. And the execution was not there. And yes, 16 points, right? Any defense would take that probably any day of the week. But this is a, a team that you should not have allowed even 16 points to. Frustrating is just the key word from this game because, you know, they, they have a knack for doing this, right? When they right, lose, when it's, it's obvious, a game where uh-huh. they should have won the damn game. Like, it's not just a, well, Ravens just punched in the mouth and won 24 to 10. How you doing? Good, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Thanks for coming out. It's never like that, right? It's it's teeth pooling and getting into the red zone three different times only to throw, or two different times to throw an interception and then a deep ball that gets picked off by Marcus Williams. It's it's a chance to, when you think you're done, oh my God, we scored a touchdown before the two-minute warning? That was awesome. Two timeouts in our pocket, bang, bang, use the two-minute warning as a timeout, and then they get the first down. It's just series of teeth pulling hair pulling kind mm-hmm. of plays that led to the Steelers getting their eighth loss on the season and it kind of fits into what I was saying last week about how when I was hosting for Mark you know yeah on paper it looks like they can go 10 and 7 it looks like they for sure should go 7 and 7 you just don't know in this league you, you just don't know which team's going to beat you 16 to 14, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it it's it can happen at any week. The Texans almost beat the Cowboys yesterday for God's sakes. It's it's the most parity driven league in all of sports in my mind where any team can be the any going to be any given Sunday cliche is a cliche because of how true it's ended up being. But the way that they lost this one is really leaving just a sour taste in your mouth because for sure. they should be 6 and 7. And they should be looking at Carolina with a chance I mean, to get to 500. You can make the argument, Tom, that could be even better. Right. But They're, just looking at like this said, game in a vacuum. Yeah, this game specifically, they they could have been one game away from 500. But as you said, Tom, the games that they've lost this season. Very are, winnable games, except for a handful of them. Like the except Eagles, for the, the Bills, Bills and probably the second Bengals one. Yeah. And maybe the Browns one. But I don't even know. Because you look at that game and you think. You were only down by one score late. The entire game. Yeah. And, and the entire game, for that matter. But you look at specifically in, around that uh, time of the season, you look at the Patriots game, you look at the Jets game. So the way you look at it, the three best teams they played were the teams that blew them out. The Bengals mm-hmm. once, the Bills and the Eagles. I mean, you... Other you than keep, that, they were close to You keep long. that Miami Dolphins to 16 points. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, Especially if, in their own dojo. If They're, Kenny, once again, doesn't throw for three interceptions, then... anybody's ball game there, yeah. Right, and... I mean, think about Miami, right? I know they've just lost back-to-back weeks and they're looking bad, but, they're but that was a high-powered offense with Tua coming back. I mean, right before or right after he came back, those next couple of games, they were putting up 30 points at the minimum every single week. 
One thing that confused me. Have you sure. ever seen the joint possession of a fumble call in the NFL? Never. Like, never that's kind of like a jump ball call yeah, in basketball. I've, I've never, never seen well, that. Well, they didn't treat it like that. They treated it like a tie goes to the runner in right. baseball I where so. if the the offensive player just retains possession, but I've never heard them say that no. before where it's like, just well, because... they both had possession of the football. They usually – and I wonder if maybe the ref made that – announcement wrong because you've seen kind of plays especially on interceptions where they both they have it both and they just give it to it. the offensive player they mm-hmm. just call it so maybe that is the rule where a tie goes to the but offense never heard but they never verbalize it they just yeah. go oh it was a catch he had possession they never flat out say oh there was joint possession of the football but that's a missed opportunity there for the Steelers uh, he put the ball was it Dobbins oh, or yeah. was it Edwards who put the ball in the dirt I, I can't remember exactly who it was th- that fumbled I think it was Dobbins you know who it was? It was Kenyon oh, Drake. Oh, it was Kenyon Drake. It was Drake. Kenyon Drake right. who fumbled the ball. Um, Huntley fumbled one and recovered his own. Ben Cleveland was the one who ended up jumping on this Kenyon Drake fumble. But T.J. Watt had a sack in this game. Mm-hmm. Still didn't look like T.J. Watt, though. And no, it didn't. I understand that you know, when the ball got punched out of Kenyon Drake's hands by, I believe, Devin Bush, it kind of landed awkwardly at T.J.'s feet. That's a that's again a play that I usually he usually pounces on that ball and gets it. So he said after the game that the injuries weren't a problem and he wasn't fighting through injuries. That's what that it was like yeah, a three second say. answer, which is just you know what he has to say and what he wanted to say to try to control his own narrative. But he's clearly not the number ninety that we're used to, and that fumble had his fingerprints written all over it. Big play. Bush punches out. Watt gets it in the Ravens territory. That's the turning point of the game. That's the big play from your defense. And the ball just kind of slips away from him, and it ends up getting joint possession. So I know he had the sack, but we're we're still waiting for TJ to, to return to that defensive player of the year form that we saw in the first game of the year this year. And that's it, really. And he was pretty good against the Saints, too. Yeah, you know what's what I'm not really I'm confused about is on that play, right? Do you know who who got credit with the forced fumble? I do not. It was Alex Highsmith, but it's not like showing up in like the final box score. I guess it's only because it wasn't recovered. You don't consider it? Well, it should still be a forced fumble for sure. Like he should still get credit for that, even though they didn't recover the fumble, but. Recovering the fumble is the name of the game, and that was yeah. just another huge missed opportunity from that Steelers defense. Uh, one last thing to touch on about this game offensively. We talked about how it was a measuring stick defensively. Are you really that good of a run-stopping defense? Are you back to that steel curtain ways of you don't run on Pittsburgh? That wasn't true. Opposite, on the inverse, on the offensive side, can you run against anybody? And that wasn't true no. either. And I know that they only ran the ball 20 times compared to throwing it 31 times. Um, 12 carries for 33 yards and a tutty for Najee Harris. And then Pickett had two carries for 16 yards before he left the game due to injury. Uh, There was obviously nothing going on the ground. They could not get much traction. Maybe that's why you decide to abandon it when you're only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. But I don't know. Uh, I mean... When you're down by only a single score for pretty much the majority of the football game until that last drive before the two-minute warning, I still want to run the ball a little bit more. For sure. I know it wasn't working, but 
I, I think it's worth more cracks. Try to wear them down and also be creative in the running mm-hmm. game. Like, where's the like zone running schemes that you see employed around the NFL all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't run, if you're not getting, you know, lanes opened up by the traditional sense of the offensive line, play call, get Najee out on the outside, do do something instead of just pounding your head against the wall. And again, I know you're down the majority of the game, but you're not down by more than a score. I, I would have liked to seen more running attempts, even though it wasn't working that well. Yeah, you, you never know when that dam's going to break, right? Right. I mean, I mean, you saw it happen with Jalen Warren got a couple of splash plays. Najee, I think, was churning. He wasn't getting like we saw against Atlanta and Indianapolis, those 10, 12, 15-yard carries. Think about the Warren 14-yard like play. Five. That was in the passing game, too, which is what I'm trying to say. Right. Like, Get these guys out Involved. in the open yeah. if they're not going to be able to get you Which know, one were you talking about? Where he threw, it was on third down, and he dumped it off to him. And then to who? Jalen Warren? Warren? And then he yeah, cut and he back cut inside, back inside. And he got a first right. down. Yeah. yeah. That that's getting guys out in space, and it's mm-hmm. clearly not working when you try to get them to run right up the middle into traffic. So dump it off to them, pitch it to them, get them in space, and let these guys Warren and Najee make some plays for you. They just didn't do that enough, I don't think. I don't, I don't think they utilized those two weapons enough in this game. No, I don't think so either. Najee finished with only twelve carries on the day and uh, only three three targets, two receptions. Speaking of targets and receptions, yeah. It's just so funny how different a couple of big catches will make a player's mindset. Uh-huh. George Pickens had one more target in this game than he did last week. Now, he caught all three of his targets for 78 yards, and he, of course, had that big 42-yard game. But don't you think this is another game where if you were George Pickens, you'd be frustrated and because saying, I, I, only got three I only got targets. three targets. Like, give me more of the ball. And that's why it's weird that we're not hearing from him because he got, what, his 78 yards and he had his one spectacular catch. Uh, I'm not saying that he didn't behind close. And it could be the other way. It could be he's showing signs of maturation, right? Yeah, I want the ball, but I just made myself a public spectacle last week. I'm not going to do that again this week. I guess it just takes, you know, getting the spotlight for a couple of plays. It's just weird to me that he had one more target than he did last week, but just because a couple of them went for some big hitters, he's he's happy. I think all of them did, right? There was a 42-yard in there. There was, I think, a 25-yard in there and, like, a 19 or another 20 Yeah, I mean, he averaged 26 yards per catch. Yeah. I don't know, but that's the kind of player that you want. He want him to be that deep threat. You want him to be that big play guy. And again, for the third straight week, Deontay Johnson led the team in targets. Eight targets, eighty-two yards. He's so He's close so to close. getting to that hundred-yard mark, but only six catches for eighty-two yards for Deontay Johnson. He ran backwards again though, and mm-hmm. cost them yardage on a big third down. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's pressing, trying to make a play, but it's got to be beat out of him. It's got to be. Right. Run forward. Enough with his hijinks. It's got to be drilled into him that even if you think you can run two yards backwards to get 15 yards, you got to run forward. You got to be able to run the ball. Or you got to put your head down and just get as much yards as you can. I, I think it is the yards after catch thing. It's bothering him a little bit. Yeah. But you got to run forward, man. Running backwards is just hurting way more than it's helping. Subscribe right now to our newest podcast. Saverin on Steelers. The Godfather is talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, make sure you subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. It's a great podcast. It drops every Tuesday and Thursday on, Sp- on Spotify, Apple, Steelers mobile app, or the iHeartRadio app. 
quickly, we got to give away some money makers before we get out of here. I gosh, who do you even pick in this game? I'll Where are you going? take Pat. Give me Fryermuth. Paid that Not a horrible pick. Money. And he scored a touchdown, right? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the guy that scored a touchdown, but it is few and far between guys to pick. I'm very non envious of you right now because I think I took the obvious one. Uh, yeah, I think you did. Uh, I'll go defense just because we like to keep it even here. I might go with Alex Highsmith. Pay that man his Force money. The Force the fumble. It's just so yeah. Uh, even in our other losses, there were some money makers that were apparent. Obvious, this this yeah. one was just around the board or across no the board. No one mm-hmm. stepping up for the Steelers. So it's a sad Teddy KGB today, yeah. but he pays his man his money nonetheless. One more episode to go today. We're going to talk some rest of the NFL, look at Week 14 action and some shakeups in the playoff picture. We'll get into all that next. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. This is the Steelers Standard. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.